Welcome to Outside In, an interview series with First Windows and Doors. I'm Alice Lyons, editor of Homestyle magazine. Today, I'm speaking with architect Julian Guthrie on the mid-century home he renovated for his family in the Tamaki Makoto suburb of Remuera. Thanks for sharing this project with us, Julian. It's the first time in this series that we've featured a renovation, so I'm really looking forward to discussing your approach here. Um, firstly, though, can you give us a little bit of background on the history and provenance of your home? Yes, um, the, the house was actually designed by a Christchurch-based architect who's um, now deceased, but um, his name was Don Cowie. And um, I don't know the, uh, the reason that he was employed from Christchurch to come up and design this house in Auckland, but it, it was sort of a, a little bit of a, a modernist gem uh, tucked away in the valley of Remuera. Yeah, so, neat. Uh, what a bit of a score to have one of his projects up, because he hasn't really executed many up here, has he? No, I, I think very few works in, in Auckland, but obviously, mm. a, you know, a reasonably known uh, modernist architect of yes. the time. And we were lucky in um, purchasing the house that um, we found under the house a full set of um, the original drawings, and um, including his early sort of concept sketch drawings and uh, quite a nice sort oh, of neat. painted uh, plan and elevation with the sort of modernist car tucked in the carport and uh, yeah. all, the, all the sort of uh, mid-century kind of uh, details. So how long have you been here for? So we um, bought the house 2015, so uh, sort of six years now. So um, it was in a pretty original condition um, when we found it and, uh, and then uh, went through a, a two, two-stage renovation project. Yeah, so would you sort of consider yourself a, a mid-century architecture enthusiast or was you know, that really what attracted you to the place? Absolutely. I, I really love that um, early modernism. I think it, um, it's, it's sort of exciting kind of experimental um, things that were happening both internationally but, but that um, came down into New Zealand. So there were some quite lovely little places, but um, they were uh, typically sort of quite simply built and, and very uh, modest in scale. Mm. Um, so um, things have, have changed a little there, but I think there's a lot of a lot of the sort of language of the architecture of that time, um, which is which is still uh, fresh and modern and, and interesting. Did you start the renovation here before you moved in, or did you move in and then sort of consider how you might want to update it? Um, we, after purchasing it, um, the first move was just simply the sort of coat of paint throughout the inside and uh, pulling out the uh, mouldy carpet and um, polishing floorboards, so the pretty simple stuff just to literally uh, get us in there. It was um, it was a blending of uh, two families, yeah. so uh, the, whole, the whole thing was a, a bit of a social experiment of yeah. uh, moving in with... Um, um, my new uh, fiancé and, and four children, so that was all interesting time. But um, So we moved, moved into the house sort of as it, as it was and then um, planned um, the renovation project and, and looked to do that in two stages, um, both to sort of manage cost and, and also to um, facilitate actually being able to live in the house yeah, during the sure. process. So I imagine, you know, in terms of an extension space with four children would have been <laughs> high on the priority list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, it was certainly very uh, compacted. 
the um, previous family had also had four children and had sort of raised them there for 20 odd years. So, um, yeah, right. Yeah, some, some very uh, compact um, bedrooms which are only just able to squeeze a single bed in. So, the, it was it was a very lean for a supposedly five bedroom house. But so we uh, sort of embarked on um, re- reworking it and creating a more floor space to kind of. Um, Give everybody a, a bit more uh, separation. Yeah, sure. And so, um, you know, the original plan was across two levels. Is that right? What was your what was? Yes, yeah. I think the original concept of the house had been just a, a really a, a small kind of three bedroom single level house, and we're not quite clear whether it was during construction or very shortly after that a a sort of rumpus room and one extra bedroom had been sort of placed at a basement level, mm-hmm. uh, p- possibly through finding that there was, was space a- available it. space <laughs> yeah. underneath the ideal single level pavilion. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so a spiral stair had been sort of plonked into the corner of the living area and um, accessing the sort of rumpus room and one extra bedroom. So so it had a, yeah, a fairly limited kind of basement space, and, mm. and but primarily the all the living and bedroom being on one level. Because overall, is your site here quite flat or, yeah, what's the topography? Um, it is it is reasonably flat. So that was one of the things that really appealed was uh, the, having quite a large um, level lawn. It's quite hard to find in, in reasonably central part of Auckland yeah. City. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the garden and the wider kind of valley with um, some beautiful native trees and things, it's, mm, it's definitely got a, a slight um, feel of titarangi um, in the in the sort of centre of town, so it's quite a special site. Yeah, cool. And so what was your, you know, your vision, other than, you know, creating a bit more space, what were you sort of keen to preserve and what needed updating? Well, we loved the, um, some of the, the sort of true um, modernist features of the house, so I absolutely wanted to keep those um, features and enhance them. So in planning the the project, the first stage was kind of expanding the um, the basement area to kind of get a lot more floor space under the house um, mm-hmm. without actually kind of extending the footprint of the building and, and sort of losing the, the nice um, garden space. So um, in a fairly complicated construction sequence, we um, sort of propped the, the house on steel beams and then um, had a bulldozer drive around underneath the building for six oh. weeks, kind <laughs> of... Uh, Digging out the the space um, it's directly under our feet, while the, <laughs> the, the dust sort of rattled up between the, the floorboards, but um, we got through it. So yeah. that was a, that was a, a real test of of a, uh, of, a of a new the, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really like that you've sort of managed to keep that that original footprint um, whilst also adding the space, and then and then I guess your second stage was that adding the the additional story for a main bedroom upstairs. Yes, so um, by planning it that way, doing the, the work underneath the house first, that, that sort of strengthened the, the building and uh, and sort of got it onto sort of modern actual foundations as, as opposed yeah. to um, <laughs> relying on good luck to hold it in place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once it was all strengthened, then the building had um, the structure in place to be able to um, add another addition. So well, I looked at a, a number of schemes of how we could get um, one more kind of main bedroom pavilion and came back to the, the feeling that we wanted to preserve the, the land around the house. So um, we put the bedroom on the top, um, at the, the far sort of eastern end of the house, mm. and that really gave it a, a sense of its own um, complete separate kind of zone as a, a really nice sort of retreat um, sitting on top of the house and, and also a really nice elevated kind of outlook over the, 
a sort of um, the bush valley. Yeah, do you get any coastal view from there at all or is it? Um, no, there's no sort of um, coastal outlook, but it, it is a, a beautiful kind of valley of um, native trees and really mature knee cows and a lot of um, really beautiful kind of trees that sort of carry on right down the hillside. So um, from, yeah, the, from the new upper bedroom, you really mm. look down over the tree canopy. It's quite magic. Can you talk us through the floor plan and how the additions came together and sort of, you know, yeah, maybe perhaps just explain what the layout feel of the home is now? Sure. Um, so the original um, concept with, was really a central kitchen, living, dining, um, reasonably open plan kind of room in the, in the centre, then with um, having two bedrooms to the west side of the living area and two bedrooms on the eastern side of the living area. So quite a, a simple, essentially rectangular floor plan. Mm. So the, the living space was really the, the key um, character zone of the house that we wanted to preserve. Um, so in, in doing um, the staged, staging of the renovation added sort of further complication to how to replan it. But um, what we've been able to do um, is preserve the central living space but absorb um, the western kind of bedrooms have, have gone and have increased the living area and also created a, a proper um, entrance and stairwell um, yeah. to link, link down to the lower level of the house. Nice. Then on the lower level now we have um, a sort of teenage kind of living zone with a with a, a bedroom each for the two older children mm-hmm. at that level, um, with a bathroom and storage and laundry facilities, so on and all uh, put into the basement areas. Um, and then we've still got um, at the eastern end of the main space is still uh, two younger children's bedrooms with a bathroom there and a small sort of playroom that they share. And then ultimately on the top now a sort of the, the separate kind of master bedroom uh, where we can uh, escape it all. Yes. <laughs> and um, on that lower level, everything opens out onto a pool as well, which is a great feature. That's there. right. So that was certainly quite a high priority in the in the works. Actually, yeah. was to, to get the pool in. It's a great way to blend four children. So yes. um, <laughs> a shared interest. The, that's right. So we, um, the house had, it was very overgrown when we bought it and um, sort of looking straight into a six metre high hedge but by um, sort of lowering that and pulling out the vegetation and just keeping the, the key sort of specimen trees we created a north, north facing um, flat area that we were able to drop a, a pool in there and so mm. that's got a really nice relationship now to that lower level but we also created a new outdoor staircase to kind of lead from the the decks on the main level of the house and uh, lead down through the garden to get to the pool. So I always think that that's a nice um, feature to have a, an exterior kind of access between levels rather yeah. than uh, feeling you need to go through the interior staircase of the house. Yeah, and it's sort of like a really nice repetition of forms between what you've done with the floating staircase and then you know some of the other new features like the, the new main bedroom. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's sort of picking up on sort of quite sort of classic modernist language of, of some of those new pieces that have gone into the house so yeah I guess where, we, where we've done new work it, it's always sort of referencing either the original building or certainly the the sort of modernist period Intent. of the original mm. house so mm. and the, the language between the old and new parts has mm. a consistency. Yeah so there were plenty of areas where sort of materials 
could be accessed like for like, but what about elements that really did need updating when you were renovating, you know, sort of, for example, the addition where you've utilised joinery from first windows and doors? How do you consider that um, uh, that process when you're combining old and new? It, it, it's very much a project-specific approach and, and what works in, in different different periods of um, architecture that you're starting with. But I, I think in this one, with our two-stage process, certainly the first um, part was designed to, from the exterior, to be reasonably indistinguishable between the um, original parts of the house and the alterations we made. But when it came to um, doing the second stage and actually um, breaking through the kind of strict flat roof rectangle of the original house and, and saying um, that this this built this form that we're adding is distinctly a, a different approach yeah and um, then we wanted to use different materials so we expressed the fact that it it wasn't original but looked for materials that had a, a relationship or an appropriateness to the style of the house so mm. um, we made the, the decision there to to go with a more um, a simple look of using one material for the all of the addition. So we used both aluminium window joinery and aluminium cladding um, to get a, a, a seamless flow to that part of the building. And so it reads as distinct from the, the block and cedar and timber joinery of the original house. When you are working on a project where um, you know, you're trying to figure out marrying original design features with modern conveniences on a project like this, you know, how, do, how do you consider, consider joinery in that equation? Um, well, I think um, joinery's changed a lot, um, particularly with the, the move to double glazing. So that's certainly something that's impacted kind of the way we would detail um, older older style um, timber joinery in particular with very um, thin glass had quite fine sort of beading into it so you could sort of break up the, the division and the sheets of glass weren't so big but in our more um, contemporary work we'd typically go floor to ceiling and we have large sheets of double glazing so we're always actually pushing to get the largest piece of double glazing into a, a door unit that we can so in, in this house that's reflected in how the original house is, even uh, replica timber joinery was detailed to, to carefully match original style of the, the wooden joinery. But when we moved to the additions, we went to floor to ceiling aluminium joinery. So we got a really minimalist look with mm. large glass areas and, and very kind of crisp detailing. We folded the, all the wall linings, um, a, a squeeze stop straight into the joinery. So. It's, it's extremely kind of minimal and sharp detailing to differentiate from the, the more uh, character detailing of the other parts of the building. Yeah, well, it is really nice how that does create that strong contrast so that those newer spaces do open right up like that. That's right. Even even with reasonably low ceilings, the um, having the floor-to-ceiling and a sort of minimal detailing creates a real sense of space. Mm. Another nice um, feature we did on the, the upper bedroom was on the western window is that you can slide that along and then we've got an external vertical louver aluminium shutter that you can roll across. So mm. that's a lovely way to control the, the light and the heat coming into the room um, in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that that has its own little sort of pop-up character. And um, in that main bedroom, um, it's really neat the way you've used the stacking sliding doors um, to sort of create your own little indoor-outdoor room there. 
Yeah, so it's, it's a beautiful room up there and, and having its sort of faces north and then we've wrapped windows around to the western side as well so really it's a beautiful sunny room mm. so facing north out towards the, the outlook to the trees and um, we decided rather than actually having a, a balcony which most people say you you never actually use yeah. a, a bedroom balcony <laughs> but the feeling of um, opening the doors up is so dramatic and and beautiful to let that natural air into the room so we use stacking floor to ceiling doors there and then put a, a piece of frameless glass and set into the joinery so that it, it reads as fully open, but mm. there's a, a piece of glass to stop you dropping to your to the pool below. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no bombs. <laughs> no, the kids have been very tempted. <laughs> and again, in the bathroom, having the um, stacking slider there is really neat too. Yes, yeah, we're, we're lucky with the sort of positioning of neighbouring buildings and things. It, it's sort of been carefully arranged so that you can uh, set up the bathroom to have the same feature of a, a floor-to-ceiling sliding glass door with a, mm. a, the, the frameless um, balustrade set in discreetly to the joinery. And then lying in the bath, you can have the door wide open and uh, be looking out to the trees and all the native birds that, that flock around the area. So it, it's yeah. really quite special. Yeah, you get a great little green view out there, which is, yeah, always yes. lovely to have in it. And I'm, I'm reasonably sure it's private. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to do a, a neighbourhood survey <laughs> to find out. <laughs> the, the other feature that I quite like that you've used, which is, you know, often a, a characteristic of mid, mid-century too, is the louvers. That's right. I, I, I love breezeway louvers. I sometimes um, clients aren't quite as convinced from memories from the, the 70s when the bits of glass would suddenly drop out. <laughs> I, I, I personally think uh, louvers are a fantastic way to have um, really excellent natural air ventilation in a room. You can vary the, the angle of the blade and have as many or as few blades open as you wish. Yeah. Um, and they, they obviously provide a, a floor-to-ceiling kind of opening window, which is, is safe in terms of falling out and just so many uh, good aspects to them. So Yeah, especially in a climate like this when you get those humid summer <laughs> evenings and things. Absolutely. I think certainly in the sort of northern part of, of New Zealand, it's, um, yeah, we're often dealing more with um, heat and, and humidity conditions. Mm. So I think the louvre is sort of a, a part of that almost tropical architecture response. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and they integrate really beautifully into the joinery. So that's sort of part of that same language. Mm. And I really like actually how you've continued some of those other material aspects as well, like brick coming through into the new bathrooms, you know, as, as, as featured originally in the fire surround. That's right, yeah. So it's sort of through both renovations, we're trying to find sort of new materials that we put into the building, which um, even if they weren't in the original house, they certainly felt true to the period. So, mm. yeah, a good example, we used um, slate throughout um, the renovation. So, you know, um, looking at early sort of American modernist architecture materials like um, raw cut slate was quite a common material so we've used that in flooring um, throughout the addition and into the bathrooms and then we used the lower bathroom using a sort of terracotta brick wall tile that directly referenced the the brick chimney on the level above it so just little um, references like that or Mm. do you enjoy that kind of material detailing part of the process too Absolutely, you know, and it's nice to kind of find materials that are true to the project rather than perhaps the sort of flavour of the month. I, yeah. I was very, very conscious of the, the house sort of being 
really celebrating 50 years uh, anniversary of, of refreshing it, but, but mm. being really true to it and thinking that anything that we put into the building, I would hope that in another 50 years, people could sort of see this house and still go, you know, do that, that felt great and sort of keep keep true to the sort of mid-century spirit of the house. So. Yeah, that enduring quality is, um, it works really well here, but I do also like the way that you've used some quite bold materials like that, um, the stone in the bathroom with the bold veining there is pretty yes. amazing. Well, my, yeah, my, the, the, the bathroom, that is quite beautiful, but again, we found a, a stone that had a, a very much a sort of terracotta orange kind of vein through the stone, mm. which is a, a nice colour link to the, the brick chimney in the living area. So again, just, just sort of subtle references that, that I guess inform the choice if you head off to the stone supplier and there's 300 different stone slabs. So yeah, how, how do to you choose one over the other? And <laughs> yes. so we, we were looking for something that was different that we haven't seen mm. used around a lot, but also that had that sort of uh, colour and material and relationship to to parts of the, the house that are already there. So Yeah, that terracotta running cool. through and, and different elements and also in a little bit of the you know art and things you have is, yeah, definitely definitely adds a certain warmth to the spaces there. I really like it. Oh, I think I can thank my wife some for that. She's definitely the uh, more colourful and individual. Yeah, so, looking uh, at some of those, you know. is my minimalism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some of the pieces that you guys have found are really special, like the pendant over the dining area. and. Um... That's right. And they're, they're all sort of fun things through the project, again, of kind of finding something that's unique. So we were looking on sort of overseas kind of mid-century websites to kind of search for pendant lights and things and finding something that sort of had that, that sort of unique character and a kind of more true to the period of the house yeah. rather than the sort of latest release from Milan that that while yeah. it might be sort of fabulous it, it doesn't sort of speak to the to the rest of the house so well. So. Yeah exactly and that's part of the joy of you know working on a project like this isn't it is taking that time to to find all those special things that really do fit you know, within yes. the puzzle of making it Absolutely. reflect something old without also just, I don't know, trying to feel like a mad men set or whatever, you know, that, that balance between <laughs> reference and emulating, I guess. Yes, and yeah, and that was that, that sort of careful stitching together. So mm. um, certainly sort of arriving at the entrance to the house now, you you know, you, you wouldn't sort of believe that the, the flow and spaces and things weren't, part of the original design yeah it works really so well it's, and it's, oh and the kitchen too so that sort of saw a new plan yes yeah, so so the kitchen was sort of in left in its original location but certainly at the time we bought it um it had sort of glazing from bench level up to ceiling but a lot of them had been blocked over with cabinetry and the fridge was sort of pushed up against the window and it was all extremely dark and and quite a oppressive but um so we sort of gutted that out but keeping keeping the big uh, window facing um, into the garden is, mm. is the main feature and then again trying to find sort of new materials that linked in so we did the sort of storage side of the kitchen and and um, solid walnut mm -hmm. and um, had small strips made that aligned um, exactly to the, the brick module on the the chimney yeah that looks neat I like how it has, has that almost sort of furniture like feel Exactly, and and sort of using a using a sort of a solid material like that, that as it gets sort of knocked and dinged, it's um, it just actually gains more character. Yeah. It's um, 
it's not something I see sort of the kitchen needing to be sort of redone in another 10 years because, you know, it's got a bit chipped or shabby. It's, yeah. it's trying to find materials that, that ageing and, and use by a family just actually are, are sort of part of the part of the story for the house. Yeah, neat. On the, the same area, we did a um, polished concrete bench through there, which tied directly into um, an existing concrete mantle in the fireplace. So. Mm. You sort of read read these material links, yeah, and then the the sort of working side of the kitchen we went entirely stainless steel, so it's got mm. that sort of commercial kind of very simple vibe of of both stainless bench and stainless cabinets, and designed a, a sort of custom stainless steel storage shelf which um, fits against the the window. Mm. No, it all comes together nicely, and. Um you know, how has that update improved the overall flow here, do you think? Oh, I think it's absolutely transformed to live in. It's such a, such a comfortable um, home now. It, it's, it's still, um, given that sort of a five-bedroom home and, and in comparison to some other um, projects we work on, it, it's reasonably modest in scale, but it's yeah. got a really sort of lovely kind of homely feel to it. The ceilings are, are, are reasonably low and it has the exposed beams and just really quite a... A warm feel but now that the, the house is so open to um, the sun as it moves around from you know morning through to, to uh, sunset and then sort of functionally having kind of different zones for to both sort of the, the combined living spaces and then the bedroom areas sort of is, is more sort of private mm, it originally it had a slight batch feel of kind of the bedrooms being directly off the side off of the, the living room so yeah. you almost felt like you're in one room everyone was bunking down together yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely a, a more of a camping you? vibe yeah. <laughs> and you know how would you sort of characterize the main differences between you know, how your approach to renovating versus the new houses you design? Um, well, I, I enjoy both. I think, obviously, um, doing a, a new house on a, on a blank site, I guess, is, is sort of a expressing kind of, you know, your own uh, sort of architectural vision and, and uh, sort of working on other projects that you've designed and sort of building up um, the language. But mm. um, when you arrive to sort of building that's there um, on the... It's sort of finding finding the parts that are that are worth keeping and and make that building unique and special and kind of celebrating those and then um, how the the new parts of the building talk to that whether they um, defer to it or contrast to it or yeah you know there, there's a number of valid approaches and I guess uh, you know it, it adds that that unique challenge of how to how to sort of bring old and new together mm. in a in an exciting way yeah. What sort of key features, particularly at your place, are you really pleased with the outcome of? Um, well, I think um, the sort of re, probably the relocation of creating that the entry is, has been sort of very successful, both in, in sort of functionally how it's made the house work, um, but, but also it's sort of the, the feel of, of the entry space now, sort of it approaching um, the, the site, sort of coming down the driveway and seeing the entry. We've used um, breeze blocks, which sort of bleed in, into the, an original concrete block wall. So again, a sort of fusing between new pieces, which are mid-century inspired in yeah. the original and, and how those two things mesh together. Yeah, neat. What are your sort of favourite times of day here and well, what parts of the house do you... Yeah, most enjoy spending time in. Well, we're pretty spoilt because it has got a, a lovely kind of 
north-facing kind of frontage, so um, you know it's a very sort of sunny house. Um, I love the now our bedroom on the top level, kind of the, the morning light and looking out over the trees with those doors open and sort of hearing the, the bird song and things. It, it's a, a pretty uh, restful and, and beautiful spot to be. So so that's um, special. But then uh, late in the day, we sort of now the living area extends out to a kind of covered western deck and um, so that's a, a great spot to sit out there too and enjoy your gin and tonic in the evening so yeah <laughs> I do love that when you have those multiple outdoor areas that you can you know use from sunrise to sunset as they say absolutely well thanks for joining us today Julian that's really really interesting to hear about your renovation of the Cowie house for a look at this renovation and more from our Outside In series, you can visit firstwindows.co.nz.